0: I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13, and I invite you to take your Bibles and open them to that passage. It will also be on the screen as we look together at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and following. If you're able, would you stand, please, as God's Word comes among us. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness, For the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors, yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children. Open wide your hearts also. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Have you ever had the experience of uh, signing up for some new ministry in the church, uh, something you've never done before, uh, or maybe it's something civic in the community you've volunteered for, or maybe it's at school, and you're excited, you're fresh, you have all these ideas, you're pumped, you're ready, and then people start nitpicking and criticizing, and people think of a better way to do things. And people uh, start kicking you in the teeth and you begin to think to yourself, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Or maybe you've had the experience of uh, doing something really nice for someone sort of quietly in the corner only to find out that someone else got the credit for it or that the person ignored you or again that you were criticized for it. And again, you think, no good deed goes unpunished. Does it ever happen to you that you feel invisible? Does it ever happen to you that you feel like everybody else gets the attention, gets the accolades, gets the praise? Do you ever feel like, you know, uh, you're standing there and nobody sees you? You're not the popular one. You're not the one everybody wants to visit with. You're not the one who's the center of attention. Uh, does it ever feel like you're never just right? You're too tall, you're too short. You're too skinny, you're too large, you're too old, you're too young. And the world just goes right by you. And you just don't feel appreciated. Well, the Apostle Paul was opening his heart in this Corinthian correspondence probably as much as he has in any of his writings He's just putting his heart out there. He's being vulnerable with the Corinthians and with us. Because you see, he experienced what I just described. He came to Corinth to plant a church in the first Christian century. He stayed there about 18 months. He worked day and night. During the day, he shared Christ. He had meetings. He trained. He discipled. He did some troubleshooting he solved spats between people. He helped get to know people. He did all kinds of things during the day. And then in the middle of the night when everyone else was sleeping, he was a tent maker by trade because he had to put food on the table and he didn't want the Corinthians to be uh, burdened with a financial load. did all of that. And yet the Jews called him before a council and said, we don't think you're preaching just right and uh, we need you to tone it down a little bit and then not only from the outside but from within the church some of the Corinthians started nitpicking his preaching, well you know you said this last week and then this week you said this and I think I would have said it a little differently and and they started uh, questioning his motives you know I think I think Paul's in this for the money, what a joke you know I, I think he's just doing this to get attention. And then they started questioning his credentials. You know, he's not really an apostle. We like those super apostles, the, one that are, you know, the ones that are built like football players and they have the, the four-wheel drive chariots and they come into town and they, and they uh, put on a big show and, and he's not like that. And the apostle Paul was just pretty fed up. And he said, you know, it just feels like, Corinthians, no good deed goes unpunished. And he just poured his heart out to them. Specifically, in verse 4, he talked about the hardships. The word hardship in verse 4 that's in the new RSV is translated bruise or wound or laceration. He could have been talking about physical, literal wounds that he had borne for the gospel. He could even be talking about symbolic, spiritual, and emotional wounds that he had borne for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, there's another word in verse 4. Uh, he talks about calamities. And the word calamity in the Greek is interesting because it's where we get our word stenosis, stenosis of the spine, is that tightening, that constricting of the spinal cord that makes it painful and sometimes difficult to move. Paul says we're feeling this constriction in everything we go to do, this stenosis that's just, that's just closing in on us as everybody criticizes, everybody attacks, and it feels lonely and it feels like no good deed goes unpunished. Well, beginning in verse 8, Paul begins to sort of confront his attackers. Uh, he begins to, what he, he's, he's a brilliant debater because he takes their argument and he turns it on its head. He says, our hardships, our troubles, our failures, our imperfections, those things that you say disqualify us, actually qualify us for serving Christ. The things that you think disqualify us for serving Jesus actually qualify us because Paul says, we are so empty and so poor, we've taken off all of the masks and all of the pretension. We've stopped pretending to be somebody we're not. He says, on the other hand, you Corinthians just keep on putting on the show. It's all about veneer and exterior. It's all about impressing people. And he reminds them that Jesus Christ came and in Jesus' life and death and resurrection, Jesus flipped around the definition of success. He said Jesus changed everything. And so in the midst of our failure, we're really becoming more certified to share Christ than ever before. Taking off the masks. Stop pretending. Be who we are. You know, as our church engaged in a season of discernment several years ago and then moved into a strategic visioning for our future, the thing that we kept picking up over and over again from within our congregation and out in the community is that people are so hungry for Christians who are real, for Christians who are authentic. They're not looking for people who have all the answers. They're looking for people who can be genuine, And people are attracted to that. Eugene Peterson tells this delightful story about a five-year-old girl named Charity. Charity was precocious, very verbal, very intelligent, and very, well, no filter, but then that's true of most five-year-olds. And he said that Charity's one grandmother had stayed with her for the week, and that grandmother was a little bit severe and sort of in, in, within the lines and sort of take, took herself a little bit seriously. And that grandmother left, and the Charity's second grandmother arrived the next day. And the first night, when the second grandma was cuddling Charity and they were getting ready for bed, Charity said, Now, Grandma, while you're here, let's don't have any God talk. She said, uh, I know God's everywhere, so let's just get on with life. (laughs) A five-year-old who could smell out the God talk, the pretension, the pretending. And she wanted some new ground rules for Grandma Number 2 to just be real. Stop trying to fake it. Until the masks come off, Paul says, "We'll never be free. We'll always be enslaved to what somebody thinks." "Until the masks come off," Paul says, "We will never serve effectively. We will never really reach our community for Christ until the masks come off." Henry Allen verified this in all of his writings, The Wounded Healer and so many books, in one of his books he talked about why he felt called, though he was brilliant and had taught in Ivy League schools, he felt called the last chapter of his life to serve in a center for the severely, intellectually, and physically handicapped. He said, I serve here because in their vulnerability... I learn about my own vulnerability. In their weakness, I'm reminded of my own weakness and I take off the mask because they're simply real. They're just who they are. And isn't that beautiful? Someone has uh, said wrinkles mean you laughed. Gray hair means you cared. Scars mean you lived, right? Wrinkles mean you laughed. Gray hair means you cared. Scars mean you lived. You didn't pretend you lived. And by the way, do we need to be reminded? We follow a Savior who has scars. We follow a scarred Savior. And so Paul wants to drive that message home, and and here's what he says in the message version of of that beautiful passage, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, having nothing Having it all—the world standards and God's standards of success—and when you think that no good deed, no good deed goes unpunished, we just rem- need to remember to stay in God's zone and stay in God's values about what really matters. I conducted a funeral recently for a, a lady, uh, and at the service they had along with pictures of family and uh, memorable events and vacations, they had some tattered and torn writings on construction paper, very old construction paper. the, The construction paper notes were notes that her grandchildren had written her when they were very young, and they were precious. They were notes like, Grandma, you're the best. Grandma, I love you. Grandma, you're my best friend. Grandma, I had a fun weekend. But, you know, on those tattered pieces of construction paper, I have to say the spelling was not perfect. Some of it was phonetic, and some of it you had to just guess at. And, you know, not all the letters were the same size. And some of the sentences ran off the page of the construction paper. And some of the sentences went downhill. You know how you start here, and it kind of goes down but i wonder if we had a chance to talk to that grandma and ask her would you prefer to have had these messages typed in 16 point font double spaced with justified right margins with correct spelling or the way you received them what do you think she would have said Because their message of love, their act of love, was more important than flawlessness. And you know, when we finally give up our drive to be perfect, we will then be free to be good. When we finally get over our obsession with perfection we will finally be free to serve. I have a friend who said, you know, I I was really frustrated with Christian service and then I figured out I was doing it to please people. I was so exhausted because I was trying to please people. He said, when I started serving God there was a wellspring of strength in me that just kept bubbling up. It just kept bubbling up. Some of you have seen these uh, great words by Kent Keith. He says, uh, people are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. When you spend years building, what you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you when you try to help them. Help them anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Because we're doing it for Jesus. We're doing it for God. And no good deed may go unpunished, but God's in charge. And He calls us to serve. Let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we're in your presence. We are flawed creatures, and most of us, all of us, don't feel worthy to even bear your name, let alone serve you. But God, help us to come without pretension into your presence in these moments, and to be honest before you as we worship and as we listen. While our heads are bowed, we give the invitation we always give to those who are ready to receive Christ for the first time to declare yourself a follower. If you need help with that decision, we're here at the front to pray with you and to answer questions. The invitation to church membership is always open. There may be right where you stand during our response time this morning something that you can work out in your heart and mind as the Spirit is speaking to you. As you come closer to just being real, being honest with God and others. So we invite you to just be open and responsive to the voice of the Spirit. In Jesus' name.